Well, hello everyone, and welcome to, not welcome back, welcome to our review preview show of the Socceroos' recent games in the Asian Cup, the 2019 Asian Cup over in the United Arab Emirates. My name is Joseph Esposito, and today I'll be your host, and we're joined here with the, the very vocal Matthew Vidiello. Matt, how are you going? How good is Australian and Asian football at the moment, Joseph? What can uh, I say? You, uh, There's nothing uh, I would rather be doing than sitting here <laughs> on a Sunday morning after a Melbourne victory win and a Socceroos win talking to you about the beautiful game and the success of the beautiful <laughs> game in this country. We are, I mean, apart from, you know, the Central Coast Mariners and all that, it is it is yeah. prime, prime football viewing at the moment. It's um, There's a lot to talk about and we are not letting up at the moment. We aren't, uh, we aren't, we, we aren't at all, to be honest, there's been a, a lot of episodes, but it has been fantastic. Now, for today, mate, just a short show, but we thought that we'd review our recent three-point win uh, against Palestine, second group game, uh, after the demoralising loss uh, in the first game against Jordan, and of course, previewing the final game, the big one, I was about to say at home, uh, or it's not at home or away, uh, versus <laughs> Syria. Uh, this week. So, mate, without further ado, let's kick it off. Palestine. Thoughts about the game? I guess the only question I have for you here is, was did we play that much better or was Palestine just not up to it? Look, I'm still not overly enamoured by the Socceroos' performance, given everything that's... We can't just look at a game against Palestine and say, hey, we're, we're back to normal. We're going to qualify mm. because... Fortunately for us, um, you know, your best third place teams qualify and going in three with three points now, we should be poised to finish um, at least second or third compared to the other mm. teams. My thoughts on the game overall were that, look, it, it was a marked improvement, but it's not hard to be a marked improvement when what we had was, um, what we had in the first game was was out of crap and credit to Jordan. But yeah, it's it, Palestine were essentially a Jordan light and... The good thing to see was that we changed tact and we improved and we saw the mm-hmm. issues and we overcame them. Now, on a personal level, I probably have to go back on my... Not go back on myself, but I have to I have to fully say that... Was that Tom Rockage's best performance for the Socceroos ever? Like, uh, no one was more vocal about his performance than I was oh. uh, midweek uh-huh. with you. And I know you disagreed, but I'm looking now mm. and I'm saying he's, he's now performed for us in a game at the biggest stage or at... at one of our biggest stages, given that we only compete in the World Cup and the Asian Cup every four years, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, f- I fully think that Tom Rogic stepped up and going into that, um, going into that Syria game, that poses a lot of questions. I know we'll talk about that later, though. Yeah, no, I'm, oh, geez, mate, I can't think off the top of my head, um, but no, it was a fantastic performance. He, he really was the, the crux of things, uh, going forward for Australia, um, mate. My next question, um. In terms of the game itself, what sort of differences did you see, you know, comparing the game against Jordan to how we went out and played against Palestine? So um, on, what was it, Wednesday or Thursday night, I turned on Japan versus Turkmenistan because, mm-hmm. you know, I had no, nothing better to do it at uh, 10 o'clock in the night. And, you know, the, the Asian Cup always gives up an exciting prospect. So I turned that game on. And Japan obviously went 1-0 down. So you've got, um, a, you know, a quick passing uh, technical side going one nil down to a West Asian side. I, I thought I've seen this before, and it would have been very, <laughs> very easy for Japan to crumble like we did. But what they did was, you know, they got the ball out to the fullbacks just like we did, and they, instead of what we were doing against Jordan, they were zipping balls into their striker, quicker entries from all areas, deep as uh, 
as soon as they got into the final third, there were those quick entries from deep into their striker, mm. into their number 10, on the turn, bang, 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 one touch passing, and that's how they carved Turkmenistan open. And obviously, Japan end, ended up um, going on and winning that game. And that is the exact same difference that I saw from our Socceroos team. As soon as we got the ball, you see the first two goals, essentially identical in the way that they've come about. They've they've gotten out to our fullbacks or in the areas where the fullbacks will be. The first case, Tom mm. Rogic. And um, in the second case, it was Chris Economides. In those yep. wide positions, quicker entries into our striker or into the back post and playing to our strengths, getting people into those areas early, uh, taking advantage of the deep line that the side was playing. And, yeah, being, being incredibly effective. I mean, three great finishes for our three goals. But mm-hmm. being incredibly effective in the way that we use the ball. And that that's come down to the speed of passing. Now, I didn't give Luongo any stick midweek when we spoke about the game. But maybe he was slowing us down as well. Because Jackson Irvine in there, he was he's definitely the more... Atta- I never used to think he was the more attacking of the midfielders between him mm. and Luongo. But it, it's now come to the fact that Luongo is more of a defensive midfielder. He's not that sprightly young attacker that burst onto the scene four years ago. Yep. He actually slows the play down. And he's a great runner and he can break up play. But if we want to break down teams, we need to have someone like a Jackson Irvine in there who's essentially a number 10 who we're putting into the deeper midfield line because he has that speed of pass, that speed of execution. And obviously yeah. we've got the, the renaissance year of Mark Milligan, the, a, a golden performance and a captain's performance essentially that he grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck, something that you were calling for midweek yes. and was able to execute that speed of pass alongside Irvine that essentially led to, led to the result. That, that, that's the biggest change, in my opinion, though, those quicker entries and that speed of pass from midfield. Yeah, it was just the urgency. That's the big thing for me. So that was, yeah, just the urgency with how we did things. Um, and I think, over, you know, it was just a bit of a, almost like a sigh of relief, like a, okay, you know, we <laughs> we can play uh, when we want to. So that was the most, uh, I guess, rewarding thing, thing to take away from it. Um just quickly, before I move on, and it'll probably lead into the next question, the, the next question being who are you most surprised slash disappointed by, but just quickly, probably leading into it, how important was it for Jamie McLaren to, to get off the mark? Oh, of course. You, you know, we've seen what that can do to a player like uh, Scott Chipperfield, where you don't get that goal and it just, it just weighs on you. It just, mm. it, it takes such a toll, and especially in the absence of key players in the front three, like Matthew Leckie, who's probably one of uh, the Socceroos' <clears throat> all-time leading goal scorers of current active players. The mm. absence of Tim Cahill from the um, Australian football landscape overall, and the absence of somebody who looked so promising, like a Martin, Bol- uh, Martin Boyle, who proved it. Now, you look at that yeah. front three, not a lot of goals in... Australian football between that front three. And if you even extend it out to, you know, Tom Rogic, there's still not a lot of goals there. So for McLaren to get off the mark and for Gianu to come on and to to show his pedigree, because this is a player that's had yeah. an extraordinary career, for him to come on and to, um, to, to score that goal, that's, yeah, that's really good. And it really sets us up for the rest of the tournament. It's not like we're getting goals off centre-backs or defensive midfielders or penalties. We're actually... We're playing to our strengths, and in this game, we've executed our game plan effectively. So, yeah, very good to see that. Exactly, exactly. So, um, well, I guess, I guess for me, 
you know, in terms of like the surprise, was there anyone that disappointed you? Just quickly. <sighs> Look, I, I, as is Beige, I still can't see his... We, we saw the, the effectiveness of those balls from wide areas and as is mm-hmm. Beige still slows the game down for me in, in the way that he plays. Granted, when he does cut in onto his right foot, he is able to zip that ball in. But if there's a mm-hmm. defensive midfielder there and he's too slow on the ball, it still just slows our game down a lot more. Uh, and Graham Arnold, I'm a bit disappointed in his substitutions. I think our squad is so thin as it is, and we're, we're waiting on all of these players to get back from injury. We've gone to a, to a tournament with injured players. He needs to use his squad a bit more. I don't want to see a Robbie Cruz come onto the pitch at the 80th minute. Look, I know he's got to keep him happy and I know he's got to use a squad, but I would rather use a player that we we haven't seen yet. I'd rather see, like, going into this game, obviously we're going to talk about the the starting 11 for the next game. We need to be able to use all this squad and that's your opportunity to to bring a Mustafa Amini in or to to actually rotate the the outer players in the squad or a Matt Yerman even. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're the only two that disappoint me. And, yeah, obviously I'd love to see Alex Gers back. I'd love to see Alex Gersberg. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, there was, yeah, this is probably disappointing a bit, but I think not surprised, but like, you know, just, it was just so great to watch. He was immaculate almost all game. Chris Economides was uh, fantastic from go to woe and thoroughly deserved uh, taking home the men of the match award. And uh, it's exciting to see someone like that, you know, who, you know, isn't scared to get involved and run up players and put in crosses and have shots. And, um, you know, there was at one point near the end of the game, someone played a ball to him and the way he turned, he turned like blindly and just completely, you know, ripped the centre back apart. And it, it's uh, it's exciting to see. It was, you know, stuff that we used to see from like Harry Kuehl, uh back in his heyday. So uh, that was... Yeah, that was is, fantastic. Is he so, now front three in a in a fully fit Socceroos squad with with all of our players back? Arzani, Boyle, Lecky. Is he in our front three? I don't know. He could be. He's right now. He's doing himself no harm whatsoever because he he, and he hasn't taken a backward step since he's since he's come no, back from exactly. Europe at the Wanderers at Perth and now at the Asian Cup. He has not. He's not stepped down. He's just progressed and progressed and progressed. Why not? That's what I'll say. That's that's what I'll say. Why not? I I would actually why, why? be more comfortable having, and I know I know this is probably um jingoistic of me, but I'm actually more comfortable having him in our front three than a Martin Boyle, who, let's be frank, not really Australian. I <laughs> I would be more comfortable having a front three of Arzani, Economides, and you know maybe if if he can last that long to the next stage, uh, to the next World Cup, a Matt Lecky. I'd be more comfortable with that front three than I would with a with a Martin Boyle and an Arzani. Yeah, potentially Awa Mabil. I mean, Mabil as well doing oh, himself yeah. no, no harm whatsoever. So um, yeah. it's a great problem for Graham Arnold to have once everyone is back and uh, fully fit, that is for sure, mate. Now, leading into, this leads into the preview now before we actually get there. Are there any changes you see Graham Arnold making from... The, the lineup that we had uh, against Palestine. So that was Matt Ryan in goals, Ryan Grant at right back, uh, Degenek, Sainsbury, Z- Aziz, Milligan, Irvine, Rogic, Mabil, McLaren, and Economides. Well, Any changes? Well, obviously, Sainsbury comes out, and of course. Um, 
the question, I guess, that everyone's... Matt Yerman, I reckon, slides straight in there. Yeah, I I would be the same. I'm less opposed to... A lot of people have floated the idea of putting Milligan back into the defensive line and maybe bringing in a Luongo into central midfield. Mm. But for me, it's easier to make one change, straight swap. Matt Yerman literally played against Syria over two legs, albeit didn't play well because, you know, we struggled to beat them in 90 minutes of football. But... Um, yeah, for me, it's got to be Matt Yeoman slots in right there. And if he can, if Degenek can pick up the slack in terms of bringing the ball out from the back and playing those passes that Sainsbury is play is able to play. And we saw Degenek do that, you know, advance into the, mm. to the midfield line, then we should be fine there. The only other question I have is, does, uh, Gianu come in for McLaren? I would probably say no, because we, we think that Syria are going to play again, like a Jordan and like a Palestine, and I would rather have McLaren who's able to pass the ball a bit better. And in the midfield line, I guess we've got a question over Tom Rogic going in there with a yellow. Can you risk yep. playing him for the full 90 minutes, knowing you know the, the refs in the Asian Cup and in the Asian Confederation aren't the most reliable? Can you risk him potentially getting yellow and missing our round of 16 game against a team that's going to be finishing, you know, second or first in a group? Yeah. We, we don't have the luxury of finishing first. We can't play a third place team. So this is going to be a good team. And if Rogic is mm-hmm. to drop out, you know, who do you drop in? Do you drop Luongo in? Yeah. Or do you bring in him a staff for Amini, who has proved for his time at Aarhus that he's capable of creating and scoring goal scoring chances? So, yeah, I guess they're my biggest questions. What about yourself? Do you see any changes? Yeah, I mean, potentially as well with Rogic, you know, you can't, you know, shy away from the fact that he does have a B. He's playing with a broken hand as well. Um, so that could be something to factor in as well for Arnold in terms of just, you know, giving that hand a bit of a break. Because um, there were a few times where he went down, you were kind of like, you know, clutching my chest thinking, oh, no, is he, is he done his hand again or something? But um, So, I mean, that could be something to... That it comes into the equation, um, yeah. I don't know. I th- I hope I-, I hope that he doesn't put Milligan at centre back. Um, I'd rather have someone like Yerman there. Yeah. Um, like an out and out centre back. Um, leave Milligan there. You may even give Milligan a rest. I don't know, but um, oh, I'm I, pretty I, happy. I, with- I don't think you can take Milligan out. I thought he was superb. Apart from um, Economides and Tom Rogic, I thought that Milligan was it, it just his. His speed and execution of passing is, it's vital to the to the to the Socceroos midfield, and I don't think if you take him out and you take Rogic out, you you you're really taking a lot out of that midfield, and we're going to need that oh, against sure. Syria. For sure, for sure, exactly. So it's uh, interesting, but yeah, you could I reckon you could potentially someone like see like someone like a uh, Mustafa Romani getting you know valuable game time, so that could be something that occurs there. But look. Other than that, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the exact same lineup. Um, you know, you know, why would you change? You know, a winning formula as such. Um, you know, it is tournament football, so um, if a team's playing well together, you know, you don't really want to chop and change that much. Um, but I mean, yeah, look, I mean, look, we've still got what three days until they play, three or four days until they play. So a lot can happen in that time. Injuries, you know, as such. So um, knowing our luck. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, you'd, you'd think that we've gone through our bad spell, touch wood. Um, so, yeah, well, look, mate, moving on to the game itself, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning officially. Stupid question. Well, I'm not going to ask you what we need from this game because, you, you know, we need 
a result, a res- any any result, but sorry, any result barring a loss sees us through. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what do you what do we need from this game? Do you reckon as a team? I think probably what we just discussed. We need to be able to we need to be able to get off the mark early, win this game, and then rotate. Do what a, essentially a Jordan will be doing against. Palestine in the third game in rotating that squad, doing what an Iran will be doing in their third game and rotating our squad, being able to given the the thinness of our squad and the injuries that we've faced so far, we need to be able to yeah rest players, move people in and out, give people who deserve game time a bit of game time, and be able to to manage this game effectively because coming into this next round, we're going to be facing one of the second place teams so. Looking through the table, one of these teams has got a win under their belt already that we're going to be facing. And obviously, we've flattered to deceive in the first game. It's going to be a team that, or if it's a third-place team, it's going to be on a team that is on a very you know strong high to be there, is lucky to be there, and they're going to be buoyed by the fact that they've made it through to the round of 16. And we need to have all of our players up for this, given what mm-hmm. happens in that game. Yeah, no, that's... That's, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I think that we need a state. Look, for me, I, I, we need another statement performance. Um, you know, we got back on track, you know, just uh, two days ago. Now now we need a statement, you know, heading into, you know, the, the knockout stages. Um, we need to go in there and win and win well. Like, you know, this isn't an arrogance thing, you know, like we, like we did, unfortunately, with Jordan saying, oh, we're going to win 3-0, 4-0. Um, we have to go in there with and put in a statement performance. I think it's almost it's a must, you know, three, four um, goals and really try and put Syria to bed early, um, because yeah, like you said, going into that, going into the, the knockout stages, you you want to be going in, firing and playing as best as you possibly can. And just the other day was you know there was great signs there I think, and we need to just run run with that into this game. And because yeah, like you said. Though even you know some of like those third place teams, they're almost the most dangerous teams. They have nothing to lose, um, essentially. You know they're like you said, they're just there to enjoy it, and um, you know that like us in uh, what two thousand and six, and we almost did Italy. So um, yeah, so that's that's what that's what I think. Uh, we need to go in firing and just got to keep, you know, snowball effect, momentum's everything in in tournaments. So. You know, and this is no different, mate. So, uh, mate, moving on for my final question, okay, for this show. Who is your key player for the game? Or is there any, and is there anything you'd like to see Graham Arnold do differently? Obviously, if we do to- uh, drop a Tom Rogic, we need someone to be able to step up into that role. And I'm, I'm not talking about stepping up to a Tom Rogic level, but at least stepping up to a... Jackson Irvine and a Mark Milligan level. So I'm looking at Mustafa Amini, Maslowongo, who I think can do that. Obviously, Yerman, if he comes in, has to be able to step up to the level that Trent Sainsbury has provided. Or maybe not even the level that Trent Sainsbury has provided. But we, between the two centre-backs, we need to have enough there to be able to, to, um, to cover ourselves against Syria. And if we thought Palestine were a Jordan light, Syria are like a Palestine light. So that shouldn't be too hard. They'll be they'll be a lot tougher, but they won't be as tough as they were in November two years ago when we when we played them. Given that they've um, had two managerial changes since then, one since, mid yeah. mid cup 
after the first game. I thought I was reactionary. Syria have gone and sacked their coach after their first game. Uh, and I would also like to see Economides and Mabil or whoever else plays on the wing need to need to keep that level. So obviously this Palestine game, when we look at it as a whole and as the and if we look at the Socceroos performance as a whole, this Palestine game is the exception. This is the one game in an actual tournament where we've performed, as opposed to the, the three World Cup games, the one Asian Cup game, and I guess the Confederations Cup before that, where we haven't performed. So mm. I, I, would, I would challenge the players to keep this momentum up, to maintain this level. Milligan, again, like we said, had an incredible performance. I want to see him maintain this level and to, to keep on keeping on, to, as Andrew would say, never take a backward step, go on to the exactly. front fruit, at front foot and to to blow this opposition out of the park because we know that the Socceroos are good enough to do this. And anything less is, you know, anything less, we deserve to go <coughs> home, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Comple- uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's and, me, and, I think uh, sorry, when I say go home, I don't, I don't mean in this round, but we deserve, we deserve whatever result we get, whoever we pick up in the round of 16. Mm. We, we deserve to be battered by them because... Because we're Australia, we're the current holders, and we're a guest. <laughs> like like the same regard that we hold the Knicks, the Knicks in in the A League, we're a guest in the in the Asian Confederation. Essentially, we shouldn't mm. be here. We should be in Oceania, and it's it's up to us to maintain our standard. So yeah, step yeah. up. No, no, nice mate. Well, I guess I guess for me in in this game, we're gonna be a bit different. But I reckon a key player for me is uh, Milos Degenek in the next game. Um, just because I think that someone like Syria, you know, we obviously have had troubles with them in the past. They're very quick and, you know, an exciting team. and uh, It can be really dangerous on the counter. And especially now that Trent Sainsbury's out, uh, I think that, you know, barring Milligan with the armband, you know, you know, we always looked at Sainsbury as, you know, captain in the making. And right now, I think for the next game, Milos Degenek has to step into that role. And he has to, I think he has to, have, he has been, I think he's been one of our real bright uh, players throughout the tournament uh, in the two games already. Uh, I didn't think he played terribly in the first game either, but he was fantastic as well just the other day against Palestine. And uh, yeah, I think in this game, you know, with the way that Syria can counter their speed um, and their trickery uh, in and around the box, I think that uh, he could be key for us because if if we can solidify things at the back, then I think it it would only be a matter of time with what we've got going forward um, before we find the back of the net. So, um, yeah, so that's 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 who I that that's my key player. And for me, for Arnold, um, there's not there isn't something you know entirely, you know, that like to see him do different by the obvious things like you said, Sainsbury being out and so on. But um, I'd almost in a way like to see him just go out there with the exact same team. And you know, essentially the exact, the exact same team, and uh, let them go and do their thing, mate. So um, you know that worked the other day against Palestine, and you know hopefully, like I said, keep the same squad together, keep the same starting eleven together. Sorry, and um, yeah, let them have it. So, mate, just quickly, final thing, uh, score prediction. Cool. I actually think it'll be narrow. Um, as buoyed as I am by that mm. performance, I think Syria will be a tougher test than. Palestine, I know the, the quality isn't as good, but I actually think Syria are a known quantity and uh, the squad is wholly the same than to that of which played us a couple of years ago in November. I actually think that, uh, yeah, it'll either be a narrow Socceroos win or I actually think it'll be a draw and we'll be going through as a third-place team, unfortunately. 
third place team. Okay. Um, I'm going with 2-1. I think it'll be close as well. And that's where I'm landing. I'm going 2-1, and I think it'll be a very, very tight contest. But we should get the better. I'm confident that we can get the better of Syria. So, um, as I, even though I said, you know, I do think we need a statement win... At the same time, I think this will be a very, very close game. And, um, yeah, I'm going 2-1, maybe 3-1. So, well, mate, with that, that wraps, wraps up the show for today. Um, mate, I look forward to catching you in the middle of the week this week when we uh, preview the next round of the Hyundai A-League. But, mate, until then, take it easy and go you Socceroos. Ciao for now, Joseph. Ciao for now. See you, mate. Bye.